listening to the Cultcast, where we talk to wine growers, wine makers, wine slingers, and wine drinkers. I am talking to Ben Lean of um, Alpine Wine Company and Amersfield, and he's just had his launch party for his his and his brother's own wines um, under the Alpine name last night, and he's looking a little. Um, uh, I'm feeling furry. Good. I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. Got my coffee. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Cool. Stoked to be here. Awesome. Um, so, how was the party last night? It was great. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, we had a great time. Never in a million years thought when it, when we thought of Alpine Wine Company that we thought we'd have a launch party. So just the fact that we had one was really cool and got to catch up with lots of friends. You can't not have a launch party. Well, that's it. Yeah. When uh, Hannah and Goldie suggested it, we were like, "Yep, let's do it." So cool. yeah, it's great fun. It was really cool. Let's start at, at the, the start. So, so tell us about Alpine Wine Company. Um, obviously, you guys only really um, – well, yeah, I mean, you guys got together a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> I've known my brother for a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in terms of the project, when did that get, get started? Yeah, so it all – I mean, I've been, been making wine for just over four years now, so not, not a hell of a lot of time, but for at least the last couple – if not longer, I've been thinking about wanting to do my own label. <laughs> and uh, my brother said to me, oh, probably end of last year, like, you know, if you ever want to do something, just give me a bell. And then about two weeks out from vintage this year, I said to my wife about it, she was like, just do it. Stop talking about it, just do it. And I uh, called him up. He said yes, and then here we are, up on Wine Company. So you bought a ton of Pinot? We bought a ton of Pinot, yeah. So we, we got we got lucky, really. A uh, good friend of mine, Carl, he works at Valley. He's a assistant winemaker at Valley, and he knew that they had a bit, bit of fruit to sell from one of their Gibson vineyards. Yep, and, and I mean, yeah... It, if, if it's if it's going to the ads, obviously really fucking good fruit. It's good fruit, and yeah, and we were, and I was stoked, and I just jumped on it really. Like I tried not to think about it too much. I was like, yeah, we can make this happen. And all my um, colleagues, shout out to my colleagues at Amersfield, Steph and Emma, <laughs> they were really supportive, and um, and the rest of the Amersfield crew, so that it just we made it happen so you had space at the winery we had space at the winery yep and um, it all just fell into place really quickly um, booked in the grapes they got picked dropped off at work processed made some wine cool I'm actually looking at these wines right now so um, you've got a Sparks Will Fly yep which is a pet nat and it is incredibly dark incredibly dark pet nat yeah um, and then Head in the Clouds which is a Central Otago Pinot Noir, but I don't necessarily think those words are the best description for it. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's Central Otago Pinot Noir input, raw input, yep. um, but the style is pr- probably quite different. Yeah. Uh, so what we wanted, and the same with the Pet Nat really, the, the whole reason for being for Alpine Wine Company was to explore Pinot as a grape and also just make some... You know, like you guys at Tiara Wines, they just make some fun, fun wines. Yeah. Um, so the pet nat um, was about five or six days just soaking with the skins and then siphoned it off and then that just fermented wild naturally by itself and then bottled with a little bit of sugar still left in it and then um, painstakingly hand disgorged over a number of weekends. So, and you lost, uh, did you lose a lot of wine? Uh, no, uh, I mean, probably, uh, probably like 
100 mils, 75 to 100 mils. Yeah. Per bottle. Per bottle. Per bottle. Yeah. So it was quite chunky, like the, the solids. And yeah. I could have kept it in there. They looked fine. They, they were fine. Except um, I just wanted to not have a cloudy wine. Okay. So that's, you know, with the pitnado. And, and, and it actually... Why, why, why is that? Why is it cloudy? Why well, no, why, why, no, I know why it's cloudy. Why I mean, but why did, why did you choose not to? Because obviously a lot of people... Like, there's a, there's a huge spectrum of pet nat yeah. that range from yeah. really yeah. fucking murky, yeah. which I am tolerant of. I don't, and I mean, I know lots of people love them. Yeah. I don't necessarily, like, love them myself. Um, they have their place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, through to... Clean. Others which are like riddled, disgorged, yeah. Yeah. perfectly yeah. clean and clear. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, why? For me, it's as simple as the disgorging it made it a better product, a better wine. Mm-hmm. In my so I, that, it was an easy. Like at first, I tried it cloudy, and I didn't mind it with the solid, all the solids. And then tried a, did a disgorging trial, and I was like, yeah, this is good. This is it's got better. It's got better. So okay. That was that was that was. Purely the reason for it, and, that's, and, that's, and it was fun. It's fun to do. <laughs> I guess that's why why um, why winemakers should make decisions right. It's, well, it's the same it's, as same as making beer, um, exactly. especially like in the craft world, yep. where um, there are whole lots of things you can do to beer, but ultimately, if you you should only really be doing things to make it better, not not cheaper or easier. Well, exactly, and you've got to try try these things out too. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole, the whole, this whole project business thing, Alpine Wine Company, has been learning, like loads of learning. So that's been awesome. So really stoked with how the pet nats come out. Pretty certain it's the darkest pet nat <laughs> out there. Yeah, the really, own, I really love the colour. The only one it comes close to I can think of is the little wing from yeah. Waiheke. Syrah, was that Syrah? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I never got to try that, but yeah, no, you're right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So really stoked with the colour. I think it looks great. It looks great in the glass too when it's bought. And there is like three fifths of fuck all of that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so two hundred bottles. Yep. Made. Yeah, and I think I've got. Well, I've got one here which is mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, and I think we've got three bottles left of yeah. that. Yeah. So um, next year we'll make more. Okay. Cool. And that, that is that is that is definitely the plan to to yeah, to grow. Yeah. Next year. Next year the plan at this stage is to. Double production to a whopping two tons, and see how we go. Okay. Probably either maybe two tons of pinot or a ton of pinot and a ton of something white. Okay. So that's the plan. And then yeah, we've got hidden the clouds. So yeah, central pinot, but not as you know it really. It's sort of what my my first ever winemaking experience was in Beaujolais, a little town called Julieras. And who were you working for? Oh, it was a really small family winery. His name was Lucien Condamine. Okay. Um, and we were just my wife and I were just living in France at the time. We were just moving around, doing a classic sort of NZ OE sort of thing. And then we needed some money, and someone said, "Oh, go pick grapes." This is before I was into wine. Go pick grapes. So we found this. We found this guy, this farmer, and he was an awesome dude, and he loved us. And we worked there for about a month, picking grapes. Got a little experience in the winery. And that's sort of where I fell in love with winemaking, really, or wanting to uh, pursue it as a career. And you said that was only four years ago? That was two thousand. No, that was 2009 that we was did 2000. that. Yep. Yep. And then sort of that burning desire was sort of just 
in the sparkling sparkling away and then yeah and then I decided to do it 2014 studied at Lincoln cool yeah uh, to, yeah 2014 then straight to Amsterdam after that been there since and what did you do before you so I was lived, born and bred in Wellington best city in the world um, and I think it's officially quote unquote the coolest little capital it's so fucking cool Um, I worked for the Ministry of Agriculture and Forestry for about six and a half years. So there's still like a connection to the to the world of growing things. The the connection for me, like the 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 change really was. So I worked in a team that we worked with farmers, um, and then I just woke up one day and I was like, "Who am I to tell these guys how to farm?" like what the rules are when I don't when I haven't even done it with my own hands myself so that was a real wake up moment I was like I need to make something with my hands I need to go and do it and then and then we did the we lived in France moved back here and I was like right wine making let's go grow some grapes make some wine and you went straight to Central Otago yeah so Lincoln Lincoln was like I spoke to some winemakers and some grape growers before going to Lincoln, and they all said, in Central, my wife is from Alexandra, okay. so that's the connection to Central. Uh, and so I wanted to target Central, and the people I spoke to um, were like, just go get a qualification, and that'll help you just move up quicker. Yep. Um, so I did that post-grad Lincoln. That was great. Shout out to all my Lincoln peeps. Um, and... Then stumbled into a job at Amersfield, like straight after I left, like I did some work experience there during study and then I went straight back there. Steph was awesome. So uh, Steph's the wine Steph's the winemaker. Emma yeah, is Dr. Dr. Stephanie Lambert. Yep. Yeah, she's the winemaker. Emma is the lab technician. Okay, sweet. Yeah. What's her doctorate in? Uh, chemistry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's a yeah, she's a she's a very, very good winemaker. Yeah. And I've learned loads from her in the last past four years. And I will continue learning loads from her. She's been great. Yeah, I mean, Amersfield's one of these producers that always seems to, um, always seems to, a, a amazingly consistent, yep. really, really solid wines. But then every so often, these really incredibly good, like, wines that are slightly out of left field come along. So, like, um, there was a skin for me to Pinot Gris mm-hmm. a couple of years ago Burn. Called, called Burn, yep. um, which was very cleverly put in 375 yep. mil half bottles, yep. Yep. which I think is probably like the right amount of orange wine totally. for most people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, you sent me a bottle of Pet Nat to yep. try, which yep. was outrageously good. Yep. And then things, I mean, like obviously Pinot Riesling, but then um, we had the Shannon on the shelf for a wee while. Shannon's vegetarian, um, yeah. 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 Um, we, we, you know, we just do, we just do great stuff down there and we just farm, you know, like we've, we, uh, the whole farm is farmed organically now. So we're, it's like Amersfield's the biggest single estate in Central Otago and the biggest. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's bigger, there's bigger producers obviously, but they get their fruit from, from lots of different little, places. Little yeah. Rockets. And central, so we're biggest single state. So if it says Amersfield on the label, it's all grown by yeah, Amersfield. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Andre, the vineyard manager there, he has been with Amersfield for about like fifteen or so years, maybe more. And um, we started farming organically in two thousand and thirteen, I think, fourteen maybe. 
and the next next year we'll be fully certified. So we've done that over a process, staged it, and um, we're really loving like how the wines have changed, like evolved and got used to the organic viticulture and and the character they're showing now, the trueness of character, I guess you'd say. So that's really cool. So classically trained at Amersfield, and have had a great time and we continue to make great wine there and I love making wine at Amersfield and then this project Alpine Wine Co is very much just trying to do something different you can tell by the branding that's that's an obvious difference from conservative wine yeah and I mean Amersfield in terms of the brand and and labels regardless of the wines because the wines are very much the spectrum of things from from, as I said limited release fun stuff to like some of the most serious Pinot yeah coming out of New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, a, a pretty traditional... Um, classic. Classic yep. brand. Yep. And these are... Um, are pretty fun. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, it's funny, because I, when I first looked at these, I, I kind of went, oh, they're a little bit, like, a little bit too cartoony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I, like... Yeah. gradually yeah. get 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 used to them. Yeah, so yeah. Um, talk about the art and where you got the idea yeah, for Yeah, I'd love to, yeah. Um, so all our um, design work, the logo, and all the artwork has been done by uh, an awesome graphic designer called Kumi. Kumi? Uh, Kumi. She's so, Japanese, yep. K-U-M-I. Uh, she's based here in Wellington. She's done... So where will people find her on, like... A 100% stage? Kumi. 100% Kumi? One, 100% Kumi. Cool. Yeah. Uh, she's tagged in a few of our stuff okay, um, and she's yeah she does amazing work and Josh and Kitty the other half of Up my Company they are friends with Kumi and we got in touch with her we told her what we were trying to create she's done some work for Garage Project she did the I think she did the Hatsukoi yep image branding maybe well, I can't remember which one then, sorry. Yeah, so she's done, yeah, and she's done a great job. She just nailed it. Like, we're, this is, we said to her, like, this is sort of where we're going. I'm taking some inspiration from the craft beer guys and their branding, the fun branding that they've been able to do. Um, so there's the inspiration from that side of things. And then we just wanted to set ourselves apart on the shelf. And then my whole thing is, like, the wines have an identity, and I've given them identity by giving them an expression. So here in the clouds, reference of me being a dreamer, so that's where that comes from, and then sparks will fly. Just the play on the on a sparkling wine, really. So yeah, and um, so and the great thing about Pet Nancy, every bottle's a bit different. Some of them yep. gush a little bit, and so the sparks will literally fly. So yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, we're really stoked. With it. And Kumi's done a great job, and we love it. Thanks, Kumi. So I mean, obviously, you said you're going to make more wine yep. going forward. Totally. Um, is there a particular plan? Like, are these going to be your your wines, or will you? Well, um, yeah, so the feedback's been great. Like, it, the launch party was awesome last night, you know, like, to see, like, strangers come up and say the wines are great and, like, loving it. So that's awesome. So, I mean... Yeah, it's it's it, it's quite, like, because we, I mean, obviously, like, this is for Coltcast, which is Colt Wine, but as you mentioned earlier, we've got a sort of side project um, called Tiara Wine. We've got an urban winery in Wellington. That's not a project, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's more, I know it's more than a side project, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, this is. This and you is, had your launch party. Yeah, so right? so we yeah. well, we didn't really have a party. We just had a, a little a little wine Chimney. launch. Yeah. Because um, obviously we're going to have a physical space. So yeah. when the space yeah. opens, we'll have a proper yeah. a proper shindig. Yeah. But just to have people yeah. like it's such who cool you've feeling. never met yeah. before come up and go, "Hey, the wines are really cool." And like, I mean, I'm not. As I said earlier, when we were talking before this, I'm not a winemaker. Yeah. Um, 
So just having people go, oh, these are really tasty. These are really different. It's yeah. it's it, it's quite it's quite empowering and yeah, exciting. It's a really cool feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sort of makes the because behind the scenes, you know, you'll know there's a fair bit of work goes yeah. into it. A fair bit of work. But yeah. also, like, I mean, it's the same. I mean, you you mentioned craft beer, and I think craft beer is a great a great. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. But a great example of 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 what's what's happened within oh, totally. like building a community. It's been an explosion, right? Yeah. Like it's been a massive explosion. And I would love to. And it's happening in wine as well. You know, like there's so many smaller guys out there now that are like giving out a shot. You know, you've got Halcyon Days, you got Scout Wines, you got Tin Can, like Alex Craighead's obviously leading the way yeah. with natural wine. You know, like and and it's all sort of starting to bubble away, for lack of a better mm. word. Like there's you know, like people are. Giving, giving it a go. And more importantly, like, there are new wine consumers coming into exactly. the world of wine really, really excited. And then, and then, as well, you've got the link of, say, cult wines that, like, joins that. And other up. people, too. And like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, um... Yeah. Don't want to, like, take all the credit. Because no, 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 there no, are so, amazing yeah. importers, distributors, bars, other oh, retailers. The, the support, you know, like across the, the sort of the end of the industry, the end of the spectrum of, of wine consumption has been awesome for us. We've been loving it. Um, and it's great. Great to see it on the shelves, great to see it in bars, and great to be up, you know, like alongside these guys, these other guys that are that are just trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, cool. And trying to do different things, which, exactly. is, which is really, really yeah. important. And yeah. I mean, I think, because um, I mean, they, these wines are obviously... Or not obviously. These wines are not technically natural wine because no. um, they're not grown organically. I mean, no. you had um, practical concerns where, yeah. I mean, as we were discussing earlier, logistics, yeah, supply, supply, and yeah. um, particularly with Pinot, and particularly, I mean, it's sometimes hard to get get organic yeah. grapes and getting it going. I am very pleased to announce that Alpine Wine Company. Wines from next year will be from certified organic. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So our buddies at Mount Ed have said they will give Alpine Wine Co. some of their Pinot, the awesome. best Pinot. So which is awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah. But but as I was saying, um, like just getting it going, getting it the yeah. ball rolling you've, is you've often to, you've got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And you want to start something. You can't just put something off because maybe. Uh, there's like something that doesn't quite fit the the strategy or the puzzle or whatever you know. Like you've got to. We just wanted to get get it going, and and here we are. And these are as I've said, as we've talked about, these are in the lo-fi camp. Yep. Without a doubt, I don't want to muddy the waters with um, the natural wine tag because for me personally, and obviously across the board, I would like to thank is that as a bare minimum, natural wines are from organic yep. certified grapes or organic organic grapes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the certified thing is, yeah, is, is a that's funny yeah. is a funny one. Less so in New Zealand, like yeah. like certification in New Zealand. Um, talking to people doesn't seem that that onerous, no, but it, some places so in Australia time, and yeah, yeah. it depends on if you're planting from the start, yeah. uh, growing from the start, or if you're converting. But yeah, yeah. So we're going, yeah, we're going to have organic grapes next year, which is great, which we're stoked about. But yes, we do want to probably continue these two and then add probably two more. Cool. <coughs> Once, I mean, but but going back and talking about like the likeness with beer and and mm-hmm. and I sort of see three three strands in the in the wine 
world, yeah. or and this kind of new wave yeah. of wine. So there's 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 natural, which we said organic, yeah. um, is the fundamental part of that, yeah. and um, other things on top of that. Yeah. Lo-fi, which I mean, it's a term that that we use um, because as we as we sort of talked with. Not everyone can get access yeah. to, to organic grapes from day one, and and sometimes like some of the producers that we we work with, um, I've had really interesting conversations about them with like, um, particularly in places like Australia and particularly in very very dry places yeah. where actually there are other ecological concerns yeah. that that it's just all about balance yeah. and that's the thing and exactly. and as long as that I mean as, like for me. And, and I think for our customers, like, transparency is the most important thing. Um, totally. Where it's really important to just be honest about where fruit comes from, yep. how it's grown. Yep. Um, and then other, other producers, again, like, I've had, I've had conversations with people about, about some flagship wines that they make that are not from organic grapes. Um, and they basically said, well, we're making really, really serious wine. The vineyard's managed very, very well. But ultimately, if I'm charging $70, $80 a bottle of wine... Um, and I can get access to fifty-year-old yeah. dry-grown yeah. Um, things that tick all the other boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's for like for for me anyway, and it's like as long as there is that transparency, there's yeah. that there. Um, that's that's to me what lo-fi means. As yeah. long as that that there is that transparency and there is that that minimal intervention yeah. winemaking. And then of course the third is this whole new camp of. Experimental wine, yeah, where people are yeah. doing really, often really crazy, weird, yeah. interesting things yeah. to wine. Like, yeah. um, obviously, Garage Project utilizing like some of the beer techniques and yeah. wine. Um, there are these guys in Marlborough Vandal yeah, who yeah, like yeah. have made oyster yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, yeah, like yeah. literally. Is that for real? Yeah, that is for wow. real. Wow. Um, so co-fermented Sauvignon with oysters. Um, again, like stealing a, a technique kind of from the brewing world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I'm really excited to see what what happens in, in that camp. Yeah. Where that camp, where that experimental strand stream of wines goes. Like part of me wants to dabble in that yep. maybe um, but part of me also wants to be more on the natural like I'm, I'm sort of yeah, yeah I, I it's mean, interesting it's really it's really cool I haven't I have, I have to reserve judgment on the on what the wines are like because I haven't I haven't tried many of these experiment wines yet but um, you know I can't wait to like it's, yeah. it's going to be it's you know it's almost like a new um, beverage category okay. uh, it's and it's cool like I were in I did a season in Portland, in Oregon, for a company called Union Wine Company, and they were one of the first over there to go to Cairns. And they're starting now to do some different things. They're doing, doing like a Riesling Rattler. Uh, they've done like a punch, a wine, a wine-based punch spritzer in a can. So there's that, there's that whole. Then it goes into like alternative packaging. Yeah. And there's that sort of camp, the expert, which I'm really interested in. Um, so we could see we could see pet nat and cans. Would love to. I'd love to give it a go. Can you? Uh, good question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know enough about the that. Logo, I put, when I saw there is one. Yep. Onward, onward wines in the states, California. Okay. Make pet nat and cans. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't. I can't actually get my head around it. But well, you could. I mean, like. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's finished in a can. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I, that wouldn't make sense to me because I don't think a can can. Can hold that pressure. 
So yeah, so it's cool, man. I, I, lo- I love where what's happening. Basically, and I, and I can tell you, do like it's it's awesome to see the breadth of wines now. It's really cool, and if it gets people that don't normally drink wine drinking wine, then hmm. that's kicking a goal, right? See, so, so I see that as as ultimately the the end game, yeah. and where where. There are much more, like, obviously there are much more traditional producers yep. embracing, um, obviously, organics, first yep. and foremost. Yep. Yep. Um, but then also, like, natural yep. natural techniques yep. and natural yep. styles and yep. things like that. Yep. Um, but then there is a large part of that more traditional market yep. that are, or have been at least, very antagonistic. Less so in New Zealand, I think. There yeah. is there is more openness, but certainly yeah. you read um, articles about the natural wine world um, from the UK wine trade and, yeah. and, and the States, and um, a lot of it's a lot of it's extremely negative yeah, and, and extremely dismissive. It comes down to like what people traditionally and historically have considered as a fault, right? That's all it is. That people, uh, their, their concern is that new wine drinkers... Are accepting of faults because they don't. Their palate doesn't. Know. They're not taught They're that not, this yeah, is something yeah. wrong. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like, it's a shame that some of the stuff has been so negative. But I mean, I, I do get where they're coming from, and I think the key part of that is the the educate the person selling that wine, right? Like that. That's the role of the. That's the education role. Yeah. Part. Like that's the important part for like explaining. Like this is what this is what it's going to taste like. Yeah. You know, if you if your budget is for a Central Otago Pinot, then this, there's all these traditional ones, and they taste great. They're all really good. But if you want to try something a bit different, um, it's not going to be like what you what you know, um, and this is what to expect. Then that's then then you sort of covered that off, right? Yeah. But see, the the thing that I was the the, the profoundly positive thing for everyone in the wine industry, I think, is just that whole element of bringing new consumers into wine. Um, yeah. Because without a doubt, some of them will stick around and be diehard yeah. natural yeah. Um, exactly. things. But 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 um, lots of others will migrate to other parts of the wine world yeah. and, and find something else that they love. Yeah. Um, and and just be wine consumers. Because yeah. if you look at you if you look at a lot of much more traditional wine brands and often the ones that are the ones that are that are sort of dismissive of the natural wine world yeah. um like shit their customers are dying <laughs> like like sometimes quite literally yeah. um certainly yeah. like certainly aging out um of of buying wine and sitting and sitting on cellars um yeah but also the other the other thing from a holistic wine perspective that I think this is really positive is um, we kind of as an industry and like I play a part in that you play a part yeah. in that um, are actually teaching these often younger consumers yeah. that it's good to pay a little bit of money for wine exactly <laughs> because yeah. because whether it's whether it's natural whether it's lo-fi whether it's experimental like the wines aren't fucking cheap no. And that's something we have to be be aware of when putting them into the market because they're the not because right? yeah. the the raw product the input is not fucking cheap either. No, so that's what that's where you start. And when you're only making what 
thousand bottles. Less than a thousand bottles. Yeah. Um, like the the labour costs, yeah. the bottling branding. costs, like the branding costs. Like I can't imagine how many, how much like per per label. Yeah. Like just well, having. That's it. Yeah. You know when you're only doing when you're only like bo- making two hundred bottles of the spark, sparks will fly and then six hundred of the head in the clouds. Like you don't have the purchasing power. No. <laughs> to to get your label costs or your dry goods costs down to cents. You know it's all yeah. it all adds up. And so we love that, you know, like that what's happening is that people are willing to pay a little bit more for something that's had probably a significant amount of more love gone into it, into the making. And certainly labour per litre. Yeah, labour <laughs> per litre. That's a, yeah, maybe we should start putting that as a mandatory yeah. labelling thing. Um, uh, but, yeah, so that, that, that's you're, – you're, you're dead right. Like it, to – the end game or the goal or what, what we're all trying to achieve really is getting people to try different stuff, pay a little bit more for some good quality wine made with a ton of love. And I would argue and like have argued that, that the, 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 the downstream effect of that, of paying a little bit more, thinking about what you're drinking, is hopefully people actually drink. Yeah. A little bit more responsibly. I think so, and, and they're thinking they're probably thinking a bit more about the wine, what they're doing. Yeah. Like they so you're, you're slowing that whole process. You're like, oh, you know, like you know, just talking to people last night at the launch party, like just explaining a bit about the winemaking process, and people are like, wow, you know, like it's easy to forget. <clears throat> as oh, I said this earlier, as a winemaker, like how much this sort of shit blows people's minds, <laughs> and that, that is the really cool thing about. Um, sharing your wines with people uh, that don't know a lot about wine, like A, we've got them over the line to pay a little bit more and try something different, B we have made something different and they're willing to try it, and then C to then actually share it with them and then for them to enjoy it and to like get them to think about what went into it, blah 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 blah. it's cool, yeah now, um, going back to your your story, were there any like? Because I mean, obviously, you said you fell in love with um, the romance, the romance of it in, yeah. in Beaujolais. Yeah. Um, were there any particular wines along the way that you're like, hey, um, this is, or, or is your story much more to do with actually the physical? Well, um, it's a bit of both, really. You know, like when people would say to you, "What's your, the best wine you ever drunk?" Like, I, I can never answer that question because for me, wine is like is about the occasion, like who you're sharing yep. it with, why you're drinking it, da 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 So one wine that's always stuck in my mind is Quartz Reef Method Traditionale because we served it at our wedding. And that was a really special day and then we had all our best friends there and so that, you know, they, Rudy and the team make great bubbles. And, you know, well, they make great wine, they but, make great, uh, but great I mean the wine. bubbles is unquestionably one of New Zealand's the best, the, the yeah one yeah I'd say one of but yeah. that's that's not that's just not trying to sort of say um, anything negative about anyone else. Yeah. Um, but so so for me, you know, what I'm saying like the, it's the occasion thing, right? Like this, you know, there's been loads of great wines ahead. When when um, Dan from Wine, Wine Diamonds and Michael Hazelwood, who I went to school with, did the little pop up yep. at Rita, and I went with my brother, me and Joshua. This is before this is just as just as we're about to kick up a wine co off as an idea. And, you know, we were trying, um, we tried, like, most of the offering, they were just all blew my mind, and, like, we were had, I think we had <coughs> one of Alex's Don 
Pinos, we had... Which are outrageously one four, good. One four yard, um, Bojo's, I uh, can't remember which one now, and there was something from Sancerre, and like everything was just sort of, you know, like because of the cat, like I was with my brother, like it, the food was amazing, you know, and then we were just sharing all these different wines that like, that, well, I hadn't tried lots of them before, and neither had Josh, and, and when we were sort of starting thinking about Alpha Michael, it was like, yeah, this is, this is the, this is the real deal, man, yep. these, are, these are amazing wines, and this is what we should be trying to achieve. Awesome. Yeah. So there is, there's a little bit of Pinot around. Yeah, um, so... Not yeah, much Pet Nat. Yeah, the Pet Nat's um, going to be <coughs> very hard to... Um, so at the moment in Wellington, uh, we've got it in Goldings, Shepherd, WBC, and soon Havana by the end of next week, hopefully, if I can get some labelling done. Uh, <laughs> and... <coughs> Um, and then, so they've all got the Pet Nat in Christchurch, the new uh, urban winery, Salador Bar, Dorset Street has got a few. Oh, they're going to be a winery. That's really yeah, exciting. Yeah, okay, cool. Exciting. Yeah, I'm going to go Watch. see those guys, um, check out what yeah, they're I doing. Can't wait. I can't wait to get out there and, and um, yeah. hang out with them too and have a look at the space. Um, so Matt, <coughs> who's leading that project, has been a, um, has been follower and, and was and we're stoked to have our wines in there. Yeah. Um, so it's really really exciting to see what's going to happen at Dorset Street, um, and and then we're starting to just now get our get the other Pinot out in a few places. So Field and Green have got the other Pinot um, in Auckland. So Field and Green, Wellington. Oh, Field and Green. Yeah. I was thinking of Fort Green. Sorry, Field yeah. and Green. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, uh, Auckland's TBC on okay. our wines. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we're working on it and then Aratown Wine Store which is the local place to go get our wine yeah Tracy's a dude yeah she's awesome yeah they've just put it on the shelves actually Danielle sent me a picture on, and we, we made it one up from the bottom shelf so I'm stoked so Ooh, is that, does that I don't know if that means no it doesn't okay. I, just, I just think it, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything okay it, sweet when she showed me the cup I was like oh cool second yeah. shelf great um, and yeah so then we're just working on some more um, hopefully getting it more into some local places like in Wanaka and Queenstown ASAP um, just before just before we finish up yep. so talking about one, um, talking about within say say Queenstown is there is there a um, an appetite an interest in, in these wines both from the winemaking community but also from like punters down definitely, there definitely from the winemaking community because because like I mean I spend most of my time either in Auckland or Wellington yeah. and yeah. like there's this this is really big sort of quite staunch movement people really love the wines yeah. there's a lot of excitement yeah. but then you go outside yeah. um, well actually no Christchurch is Christchurch yeah. is pretty good um, and I mean I think Christchurch particularly because there have been for such a decent amount of time um, so many wonderful yeah. producers yeah. working and moving towards yeah. towards yeah. that yeah. that it's it's easier to sort of translate yeah um, but like yeah outside of Auckland Wellington Christchurch is there is there a but yeah it's a good question I mean like sure what a question obviously that you know like Steve and Wong and Wine Sentience do the do the list there and they've got amazing wines yep. they've got an amazing philosophy and they've and probably one of the best places to go eat and drink in Queenstown in my opinion um, but Queenstown being sort of the gateway to central Otago for tourism the tourists come for a traditional 
Citrotoco, Pinot Noir, right? So that's what they know, that's what they hear about, that's what they want to come taste, and and that's what they get. But there must also be that, that I mean, because there's a huge group of adventure tourists yes. yeah. that I would imagine at least some of them are, are predisposed to more adventurous wine. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think so. And I hope, and I hope that is the case. Uh, and I think we will see that so long as bars get on board, you know, like, and, and it, I think it's, it's happening. You know, we've got, like, Mount Ed, Carrick, Sato, yeah. you know, like, all these guys ripping. Yeah. Yeah. Quartz Reef, Felton, they're all natural wines. You know, they've been doing it for years and years and years. You know, like, most of those guys are just listed practicing biodynamics for a long time. Yeah. And they're amazing wines. Uh, yeah, and that, that, that's the thing we didn't talk about, is that is that when you go through a list of producers like that, yeah. um, it, it sort of answers that that, that, that criticism of, of, of natural totally. wine as faulty, flawed, totally. fucked up. Is that These are the best, some of the best wines in the country, right? Yeah, sure, natural wine can be that. Yeah. But it can also be really refined, yeah. elegant, sophisticated, yeah. and it can be all of those things. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of natural wine. It's like there's like it, it can be you know you know like it can be the, it can be the top end yeah. of of wine in the in the country, and it is. And there are also producers who who make natural wine who would never use those words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, it's going back to sort of maybe what we might see happening in Queensland or Central. I think like there might be a bit more of a ripple of like this sort of maybe adventurous type wines. Yep. Uh, and you know, like say in Amersfield, we've, we've done, we've on to year two of our pet net, we're on to like year three or four of the burn orange wine. Um, might try and throw in another little project next year maybe. And all these things start off as a project, right? Yep. Steph's really supportive. She just, we, as winemakers, we want to learn. We want to continually, continually just upskill and learn. So that's how, that's how the burn started off. And, and especially being somewhere as isolated as New Zealand yeah. um, and, and, I mean, travel is not yeah. not cheap. Yeah. Um, there really is no, no... Well, other than going to see other producers, there is really is no other option for learning as to, like, Try giving it a go. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. and you won't know unless you try. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. That's a great place to finish. So yeah. you have been listening to the Cultcast, the official podcast of cultwine.co.nz, where we talk to wine growers, winemakers, wine slingers, and wine drinkers. Use the code Cultcast for 10% off your next order. 